because, because I'm a hot girl. Because I'm a hot girl. Because I'm a hot girl. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like Leanne, you were telling me like some story or joke or something. And I was like, ooh, this yeah. is gonna be a good cold open. And then like a dumbass, I like clicked out of the room. Ah. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. So the story was that um, I came here for school. So during my school selection process, I didn't really know like the different states and the different regions of the United States. I didn't know Ohio was like the Midwest, like the armpit. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I did, I did know that Nine Inch Nails uh, was just like my my huge obsession with that point, and like the Black Keys, like they were both from Ohio, uh, Cleveland or Arkin or something. And it, and I was like, oh yeah, I mean the the music scenes must be cool. Uh, so I so I was just like, oh, this school is from Ohio, and it gave me a lot of money to be like the token of globalization. So. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all just the tokens of globalization? Uh, <laughs> so let me give you a good intro now. I had like a whole thing. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna like nail the intro this time. Like, well, I'll get it eventually. But you're listening to The Hot Girl Agenda, the anti-capitalist podcast that's impossible to yell at because we're so fucking cute. Um, (laughs) And we have unimpeachable, impeachable? Unimpeachable politics. Unimpeachable. Unimpeachable. Yeah, we don't want to be impeached. Uh, So I'm Rara. Hey, what's up? Who's my co-host? Hi, it's Yessie. What's up, y'all? Hello, hello. So with us today is someone I wanted to talk to for a long, long time, a mutual of mine on Twitter, uh, Mistress Lien, who is a Vietnamese-American dominatrix who specializes in sensual forms of financial domination. Hi, Lien. Thank you for joining us. Hello, hello. Good to be here. Good to be talking to cool hot sluts. (laughs) Hell yeah, hell yeah. Cool hot sluts in your area. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I think we're kind of like running the gamut of like slutdom here. We've got the South represented, the West, because I'm in California. And Leanne, oh, you're Leanne, you're in the armpit, huh? Yes, yes, I'm in the armpit. I'm super into the story. So you you were like, okay, like this this place probably has a good music scene. Does it? What is going on in Ohio? The only things I know in Ohio in Ohio are Brett and Brian Street Fight. So like Yeah. What is uh, in Ohio? is like the rust belt of ohio has a lot of like cool punk rock scene mm. uh so a, a, like a lot of indie rock band came from here or like like 21 pilot also uh-huh. from here uh which is it is fun if you know the right people who can show you around uh but because like i didn't know like just the traffic and the, the stuff here yeah uh, so the the school I went to was like not in Columbus but around 30 minutes away and I didn't know that there was not tra- public transportation here so I was like yeah. oh you know like I took the, I would take the bus I took the train and there was no bus or train. <laughs> like it was just in the dead middle of nowhere like cornfield all around (laughs) yeah that sounds scary like that actually sounds more dangerous than taking the bus in in a city uh (laughs) when there's like nobody around it's like you get on the ghost bus and you're like am I going to hell or like what's happening here (laughs) where are you taking me so that must have been like a a really huge culture shock, like just you know moving to the Midwest from. You, did you move straight from from Vietnam? Yes, I was in Hanoi, which is like the capital of Vietnam, um, and yeah, like it's it's a pretty big culture shock to go from a really big crowded city to like basically cornfield and white people. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's kind of a weird experience because I was I was born and raised in a country where where people just kind of look like me so I didn't really have 
a very structural concept of race, you know, like mm-hmm. for me is it's just experience. It's like, oh, people will look different. Uh, and then when I came here, like I really just kind of gain the identity of being a Asian or Asian American or just like a woman of color. So like that's right. something that I like an identity that I gain that I experience because all the microaggression and like the racism and just more structural stuff that happen in school, in the institution, or just with classmates and professors and stuff. So yeah, that was pretty freaking weird. Yeah. Yeah, the least. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it must have been a very stressful dynamic realizing racially, like how the, your whole world is now like kind of almost irrelevant at that t- time in your life. You have to kind of like learn all new dynamics and ways of doing things, and obviously, like the racism on top of that must have been incredibly difficult, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to school. Um, did you? Are you going to school and then like going back to Vietnam, or like do you plan on staying in the states? Yeah, so um, <laughs> it's funny because the goal that I had when I first came here, or just like in general, the person that I was when I first came here is so different from the person I am now. Uh, like it was such a, a big journey. It, I actually took a gap year in between. I, I was here and then I was like really depressed and I didn't know what I was going to do or what my future plan was. So I went back to Vietnam and then I decided to come back and finish school here. And now like I work at something which I wouldn't say not related to my field of studies, but it's just like very, very radical and left field from people who from the same background who end up doing, you know? Cause like my, my high school friends, uh, are now usually go for like a uh, accountant or nurse or a lot of them are in like fintech actually, which is very interesting because you know like as a as a virtual virtual whore like you have a very weird relationship with financial technology and then I have mm-hmm. people who I go to school with who are now working for those those companies like who are mm-hmm. working for PayPal and mm-hmm. Facebook uh, and Cash App and stuff. And it's like, when I interact with them, be- even before I became a sex worker, mm-hmm. you can, like, I can already sense just like their, their internalized phobia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and just like their internalized misogynies of themselves of like, I'm a woman, but I have to earn or I have to work for this money. And it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, this is something that I own for my emotional labor, for all the unpaid labor that women has been responsible for, you know? Yeah, I can I can definitely see, like, um, when I was, like, sitting down thinking about like, questions I wanted to ask you, like, one of the most fascinating things I find about, about you and your online presence is that you are a very, like, you're an outspoken, I don't want to say you're communist, I'm not sure exactly, like, what you, what you consider yourself, but you seem pretty strongly anti-capitalist to me, and, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, and, um, mm-hmm. and I always thought that that was really cool, because especially in, like, financial domination, those aren't basically compatible all the time, like, at least as people understand it as you know like as it stands now but I've met you I've met like a couple other findoms that that are explicitly anti-capitalist I just was just wondering how you integrate those two things or even if you consider yourself anti-capitalist or Mm -hmm. something else yes yes uh, I do consider myself anti-capitalist I think I identify with anarchist the most gang gang (laughs) but it's it's more like I used to be like oh Marxist Leninist and most theory and stuff but then you know like after a while it's just kind of like my my personal politic is more akin to like a raccoon more than to Marx (laughs) you know I love that I just want my people to eat yes (laughs) yes god let's go Um, so it's it's like what was so hard about that so yeah and I think financial domination is it's a tool right because like money is a tool when you have a certain kind of intention you can yield that tool into 
into whatever purpose that you want, whatever way that you want. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like I'm using financial domination as a way to get reparation for all the feminine labor, like reparation for colonialists, white or American people who has very little understanding about their impact on other country in the South, in the global South. When they want to talk to me about that, like they need to pay for my emotional labor, for my expertise in such matter, you know? Totally. Hell yeah, get that money. <laughs> get that, secure that bag. No, it's, I mean, like, it's true. And it, I think there's been a caricature of that, you know, fuck you, pay me thing. But, mm-hmm. but what I'm seeing from your work, Leanne, is that it's very intentional and very much predicated on the fact that it is, it, it it's not just emotional labor, but it comes from like a colonized space. Like, mm-hmm. especially when cis white men want your time want your expertise want your skill set you know Mm -hmm. like when I like thinking thinking about the broad genre of skill set right like from your your knowledge to your knowledge of theory your knowledge of politics to your knowledge of sex work because it is a skill excuse me and it is labor excuse me like Mm -hmm. both on a like physical level and an emotional level like so I used to be uh, an erotic masseuse Um, I worked both in a sanctuary and out call uh, so I would go to clients' houses, right? But this was a long time ago. So I'm in my 30s now, and I was doing this over a decade ago, right? And the the landscape has changed, like, so much. Yes, so um, much. I have, I have some questions for you, Leanne. When did you start getting into sex work? Like, how long have you, have, how long have you been a sex worker? And, like, have you seen in the time that you've been a sex worker changes to the landscape? It's complicated for me because uh, I feel like I have always used my sexuality to like get favors and like just, mm. just you know, like just move up in life. Like, like female sexuality is is powerful. So I was just, when did I start doing sex work? Like, I mean, I used to trade foot job for weed. Like, is that sex work? <laughs> it's hard to say. Sex work and that's hot girl shit. So good job. <laughs> It's like, it's hard to say, like, what is sex work to me? And when, when do I start it? Mm-hmm. But if I have to put a timeline to it, then um, I joined like the Twitter spheres uh, around like late 2019, around when the pandemic about to hit. Um, it also took me a while because my immigration status didn't allow me to be verified on very common platforms like OnlyFans or yeah. like AVN stars. So I couldn't get verified. So I was drawn to financial domination because of like the direct transfer of money. Like you got Cash App, like I have my bank account. That's like the only thing that your bank account is like very important as an immigrant because not every immigrant has a bank account. Like I feel very privileged to be in the positions to like, to even have one and then let alone have other kind of documentation who allow me to like to get more money, you know, based on that. And a lot of even lawful immigration immigrants don't have that luxury. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fascinating, like, especially with like anti-capitalist uh, financial domination, because it's like a niche within a niche. Mm-hmm. And you really do like capture that so well, like you, you really do have like such a, a verve and wit about the way that you present your politics. And it's not preachy. It's not like, you know, you're not just like putting a hammer and sickle in your handle and being like, I'm a commie slut. And it's like, no shade to anyone who's doing that. Like it, what, what, <laughs> but, what also. Works, but also <laughs> like you have a very like nuanced approach to it. And I've always really liked that about you. And I was just wondering, it is great to see FinDom as like reparations. And it is great to see FinDom as like a way of reclaiming your time and reclaiming that sense of, you know, self-worth, like basically saying like, my time is important, you know, like my, the, the things I'm saying to you are so important that you have to pay for them. Because another thing that you brought up, Leanne, is how it's challenging colonialism, right? Like, so we're looking at like a, like not just a decolonial, but an anti-colonial kind 
kind of perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, uh, I'm not super familiar with your work, but I spent a lot of today going through your your social. And one of the things that I noticed, and I know that Rara had this in uh, her notes too, is just like your visual aesthetic lends itself to like fecundity, lends itself to like this like life and lushness right mm -hmm. which i also think kind of is reflective of the politic and maybe that's where you're going with this rara how is this intentional like tell us more about your aesthetic like yes, idea yeah. and like how it connects to your politic yes that's exactly what i was trying to say i was basically trying to say like, I got you, have, I got you. Yeah, like yeah basically like you have like yeah such a lush aesthetic a lot of like kind of what we call it like instadoms in the on in findom um they'll have that like white walls white background like mm -hmm. big bright teeth airbrushed everything and it's like you have such an organic kind of quality to your content that's like so rich and so like I just like the word lush keeps coming to mind. Mm -hmm. so sorry. Yeah. That's weird. But I, I was wondering, like, yeah, what, what is your inspiration behind that? And is any of that connected to your politics at all? Mm -hmm. uh, I think, yes, they're definitely like the politics is personal, you know, so uh, it shows up in everything that I do. I think it looks that way because I really appreciate life, liveliness around me, looking at plants and Seeing thriving creatures around me makes me feel very happy. And that's like a core value in my politics too. Like I want people mm -hmm. to thrive. I want people to have the best condition for them to, to do well. And like, I want to take care of people who wants to take care of me. I want to like water those who, you know, brings me happiness and things like that. So it's very like, just very Con like nature's consciousness mm -hmm. and something that I learned from indigenous culture is being attuned with nature and like with the earth and relating that love of nature to yourself and to other humans because like humans are just just creatures of 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 nature you know like we're not apart from it like we are part of it yeah, I love that. And I agree. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I just love how that politics comes out in your visual work, because sort of like Rara was saying, like having this long view of having been in and out of sex work, uh, you know, for for a long time, and now I'm old and fully retired, but still, you know, looking at the the community, I, I think there's been a kind of flattening of what it means to yield uh -huh. power. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm saying this carefully because like, it's not a diss, you know, like I, I was a dom for a year. I, it was not for me. I, I could not hang. I didn't know this. This is new, yeah, brand new information yeah, it, for me. Yeah. <laughs> it, I like transitioned into the work out of massage because I ended up with, well, it's a long story, but I ended up with the kind of more, um, challenging clientele mm -hmm. and the challenge more challenging yes. clientele requires a little more care, but they're willing to spend more. And so I tried it out for a year and, and, you know, I, I never grew my, my client base outside of my, my hobbyists. That's what they call it. The masseuse people, uh, people who like massage because I was just not good at it. But, but what I was learning from other doms was to, to exude this certain austerity, right? Um, mm -hmm. clean lines and like, no, you know, like we're looking at the, your color palette is going to be white, red, and black and, and, and chrome. And that's it. And that's all you got. But like, mm -hmm. Leanne, you're putting in like purples and greens and these really, and like cre creating these really beautifully um, uh, juxtaposed visuals of like your, your body, your person, your, um, your like persona too, as a dom juxtaposed with like all of this almost ethereal like jungle and forest and like softness it's, it's fucking fantastic and I think Thank you if I had if I had had you to look at um went back when I was doing it I might I might have thought differently about my power and what it means to yield that power mm -hmm. yeah it's, it looks different for everybody mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it looks and it feels different for everybody yeah. So, so when did you feel like you were, or maybe you haven't come into your own yet, but like, have you come into your own yet? Like in your Dom persona and what does that mean to you? I, I think I'm, it's a journey, you know, I'm not looking forward to a destination. I'm just going for a ride right now. I think I'm still growing into it. It's interesting because I associated 
my first year has been predominantly online, which is not something that I intended to do. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of happened that way because of, of the pandemic. I've come to a place that I associated my work persona with just like productivity during such a hard time that, you know, like you have to put on a face to do work. And because you're you're also like struggling so much with like just, you know, mental health and pandemic and all all the crazy terrible things going on in the world Um, and you just kind of have to be above it all like that's what that's what's so that's what that's what is difficult about it sometimes really like like, you really have have to have your shit together like yeah like so I have to like just kind of disassociate it from that for a while so uh it, it comes and goes so you know like I, I like her. <laughs> I like me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very excited for what we can, I can c- accomplish. Like sometimes yeah. we just kind of talk about it in third person, like, wait, that's me. <laughs> yeah. But I, so, I like that though. What is your like vision for yourself right now? Like for the future, where, where do you see yourself in your career like a year from now? I definitely want to have, I think like a more close-knit network of the of my patrons and of the people who I support and supports me back um I think like I really believe in like you don't find your community you have to build it yeah Uh, you have to look for the people who you want to be surrounded by and that's my goal for like the next the next year and the next five years to like to to really get out there, like, especially as I'm getting vaccinated and um, all exciting things that pointing out to the end of this pandemic. So I mainly just want to like get out there and fuck around and find out, you know? Yeah. 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 And like, and by getting out there, like, do you mean more like in-person work or like in person work, more like just training, going to workshops and you yeah, know, getting, yes. getting to oh know God. people in the industries. I'm like so lucky. Like I, I also started online with Domination and I started in January of last year. So I was kind of like, I was already in it for a couple of months before the pandemic hit. And that really forced me to like develop my, my thing really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I went through a lot of iterations of my Dom persona before I landed on like what I have now and like the vision I have. I feel your pain though, because like I am a very charming person in person. I feel like mm-hmm. I can sell, like as a stripper, I can sell myself out there. Like yes. I, I can make it work. I've got a lot of hustle. But online, it's like there, it's just a whole new arena of mm-hmm. like, the hustle is different. The hustle is very different. And it's like way more like I scrutinize myself so much more with online work than with in-person mm-hmm. work. Because, you know, guys are stupid. Like you can have like yes. big gigantic <laughs> lashes. And they're like, are those your real lashes? They're so beautiful. <laughs> and you're just like, what is wrong with you? But like online, <laughs> online, some guy will like zoom into one of your OnlyFans pictures and be like, what's that? <laughs> and you're just yeah. like, um, okay, like. Uh, so it's like everything has to be, I don't know about you, but like for me, everything has to be perfect. Like everything has to be staged right. I have to have a concept. I have like a Pinterest board going. I have a script for myself. I'm pretty like obsessive with it. What is your process like for creating online content? So uh, I started out kind of like that. Like I was being very uh, just meticulous with my content. But then, you know, like, well, first of all, like I just getting like, burned out very quickly because you know like the the appreciation and the income that you get doesn't match with your your effort that you put in yes so, oh my god yes so you kind of have like find the sweet spot of like minimum effort and max income so um and just you know like knowing your angle and um so like for example for clips like I would like to, like, I usually start with the conclusion, like, what I want them to do, and then go backward from there. And then, like, pics. I, I usually know, like, a good angle that, you know, it's just like ass. is always a classic <laughs> one. Like, 
just two lumps of fat on your back and everybody go wild. Um, <laughs> well, you're like very, um, like we said, like aesthetically pleasing. Like you do have kind of like a high fashion thing going on. And I think that that is really mm-hmm. difficult to achieve because, you know, a lot of people think being like a luxury dom means that you have like the Louis and you have the, you know, the red bottoms and you have like all designer stuff. But I've seen, I've seen like financial doms that are just, they just have good style. And it's like, you seem mm-hmm. to have like really good style. And as totally. someone that also has really good style, I feel like sometimes when I'm making content, yeah, like you're just not getting the same level of like appreciation in your wallet, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you're mm-hmm. and you think you've like created something like incredible, right? And you're just like, oh, this is gonna sell like AVN stars uh hotcakes. And yeah. uh, <laughs> it's gonna sell like hotcakes. I'm gonna be so cool. It's gonna be so great. And then it just like flops or something, and you're like, well, what what happened there? Like, do you have any content that like you were super proud of and it just like didn't do any numbers? Yes. Um, I have like a lot of like just very creative shoot with uh, like my my clothes artist friends who I like, but they are kind of weird. They're like a little conceptual and they're kind of out there. So usually like people don't really respond well to those. I always talk about how... <laughs> like um, the cost of production versus your income is not, it's not even correlational in, in porn, which is so <laughs> weird. Yeah. Uh, so now my, my goal in doing content is to find a good enough space. If it can be good enough, it will be good enough. Like men are so stupid. They jack off to a curvy <laughs> sticks, you know? <laughs> Oh, shit. That's dude, true, though. That dude, yeah, no. Like, you know, OnlyFans would not be as popular if guys didn't like seeing girls' trashy-ass rooms. Like, oh, some yeah, of these girls... Sure. Are, I'm gonna, so, like you said, like, I'm meticulous, and I set up a scene because I used to be a film student. Like, so I'm mm-hmm. thinking, like, maison scene, you know? Like, yes, I'm no. like, I get fucking auteur with this shit. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> Like I get so fucking in my own in my own head and up my own ass about my shoots, and then I'll like see some girl post like a like a crazy like MySpace selfie, and there's just <laughs> trash everywhere in her room, and it's like a thousand likes, and I'm like, like men know. are stupid, men are stupid. No, but that's that's how. <laughs> I was telling you, Rara, like the first, the, our first episode, like that's how it used to be, though. That's like, yeah. that's like ho classic. Like <laughs> back before when when camera phones were like brand new, uh, yeah, like you would just true. take a picture in your bathroom, put that on Craigslist, and wait for the calls to come in. Like that, that's like the old G stuff. But no, I, you know, I think that one of the things that is like so interesting, I think it's a net good, you know, as sex workers have like organized themselves sex workers have always organized themselves but with the with the like advent of like social media being more prevalent it's become for everyone far easier to organize and sex workers are no different and i think that like that has led to like the like not elevation but like the the um the uncovering of the art form of porn that is true and that isn't and I don't mean to be dismissive of the girls that are like you know just like doing their thing like I'm not trying to be an asshole get money how you get it but like some people are art yeah Yeah. and it's like and it's like I tend to gravitate towards uh even just sexually like I tend to gravitate towards the more erotic and I knew like you know um Mm -hmm. I tried doing like regular like I'll just like masturbate I'll like you know do anal Mm -hmm. stuff with I'll just do myself right and I just like found that I just didn't I wasn't comfortable with that Mm -hmm. um did you go through like any period of experimentation where you were just trying a lot of stuff and like figuring things out and you were like definitely not yeah Yes. So um, I think about just making content like, yeah, I can do all these stuff. Can I do it 100 times over and over and over again? Yeah, I can do jerk off in instruction. I don't want to do it. Like, why do you need instruction for something you've done <laughs> for decades? You know, like it doesn't make sense. That to is me, a trend so. I don't understand either. I get so many requests for it, and I'm like, I don't, I don't care how you jerk off. Just fucking do it. Like, get out of yeah, my face about this. Like, can you tell me how to jerk? Like, no. How am I gonna do that? How am I gonna do that for ten minutes? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. 
You don't yeah. need 10 minutes to fucking masturbate, by the way. Like, all these dudes that are like, I want 10 to 15 minute clips. Where are the longer clips? Bitch, yeah. you don't need 15 minutes. Let's be real here. You're lucky <laughs> if you get to two minutes, bud. Come on. So yeah. lucky. <laughs> Especially if you're looking at Lien. I mean. Yeah. It's so, yeah. You know, like, I can do natural makeup, but I don't want to do it. It's like the little thing in your <laughs> in your shitty job that keeps you alive, you know? Uh, like, you know, when I used to have shitty office job, like, I like to take a shit, like, <laughs> a nice long shit, or just gossip in the, in the break room. Like, it's the little thing in your job that keeps you alive. And the money, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, though. It's like, do, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, do you ever have days where one small task will just be like, so herculean i'm just like so unable to grasp that it ruins your whole day like it, you're just like i can't make content today i can't yeah yeah for me it's my eyelashes applying my 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 faux lashes is anxiety inducing do you have something in your ritual where you just like get really nervous about um probably setting up my camera i'm i'm very like meticulous about the angle like i I feel like the angle is really important especially in femdom pov clips so i would like trying to get the angle right for a couple of times and then get really frustrated because i didn't get it the way i wanted to in my head Uh, and then just give up (laughs) uh and i think like that's one of the things with uh working for yourself and especially when you have like mental health issues like ADHD or depression or anxiety and it's just like it's hard to motivate yourself in a pandemic no less mm-hmm. uh, and it's just like to do all this thing for for a lot of effort and like not that much of money like one clip takes an hour to make if you count like setting up and doing your makeup and stuff and it only sells for what nine ten dollars some not something mm-hmm. like that damn and yeah and it's like the price of online sex work too is something that i think about a lot um like i know that low price point drive in a lot of people and it kind of widened the base of the consumers mm-hmm. but also it makes people really entitled yes for, for what they are getting or just like the simple $5 of access, you know, like people think that, oh, I pay you $5. Now you have to do anything that I say. Or, yeah. Bitch, what? Yeah. 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 Like the, like, like really you sex every day, right. For $5 a month. And it's like, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I really hate the subscription model so much. And mm-hmm. it sucks because that's all I've ever known in online work, because that's yeah. like, when I started online work, it was our OnlyFans was already popular. Yeah. And I was starting in OnlyFans and I was like trying to go on different websites and stuff and setting up some, pa- I, I thought it was going to be like passive income. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, oh, it's so into, yeah. And then it's like, oh, I am putting in. So, okay. So I just about like died inside when you said it takes like an hour to do a shoot because it takes me like three hours. Like Damn. I am slow. I am like deliberate. I have to like, yeah, I have to like psych myself up, like to do it and to put my makeup on and everything. So like that whole psyching myself up process takes like three hours and set up and everything. So yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's always weird to me when I'm like, I'm like, man, people are putting out so much fucking content all the time. Um, yeah. But then I remember how I felt putting out that much content all the time, like a clip a week, two photo sets a week. I was like busting my ass and it was, I, the, de- the money was not there for the effort yeah. that I was making. And ironically, I make more now, the less effort I put, I just put in like strategic things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I like know when to promote and like how to do that adequately it's 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 a little bit easier for me now but I'm also like working 90% less than I did last year because I just Mm -hmm. don't give a shit (laughs) yes yeah 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 I I relate to that like one hour a day is like a good day yeah it's just like I I might as well just give up in the middle of that (laughs) you gotta hang uh, in there we're we're all hanging in there yeah I feel I we all feel your pain trust like Mm -hmm. It, it, it think, is like a group mm-hmm. fatigue. It's like a societal yeah. fatigue right now. Yeah. 
It definitely gets easier the more you do it, though. When I started out, I could only do one or two clips once, uh, like in in one shooting session. Now I can work up to like three, four. Uh, wow! So, Damn. Yeah, and that's I I still feel like pretty pretty low, pretty average, you know. Like I know some pros who have done it for like a decade. Who could do like 10, 15, 20 clips a day? And it's just, it just blows my mind. Like, that's fucking stamina. That that's a level that of, that's a level of productivity. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the mental endurance is very admirable, but also my, <laughs> like, I don't have work ethics. I have anti-work ethics. Yes. Like I, I, my model is to work less, get paid more. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. That uh, is all my 2021 is about. Like after last year, I was like, fuck this working hard nonsense. Yeah. So, you know, you gotta, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's roll with the dice is sometimes. <laughs> okay. So, oh yeah. We didn't even talk about your cats. Oh yeah, you have some really cute cats, and they sometimes show up in your pictures and stuff. And I like love them. What are their names mm-hmm. again? They're Katara and Sokka. Oh, how cute! Yes, <laughs> they they are brother and sister. Oh my they're, god! Oh my I god, that's it. adorable. Yes. Little they're water like tribe legit. Mm-hmm. They're legit siblings, and like they fight each other sometimes, and like they groom each other sometimes. It's really fucking cute. Oh, oh they're so cute. Didn't you say like one of them's one of them's Dom and one of them's a sub? Because mm-hmm. like one of them's just like always above the other one. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like perfect example of naturally occurring female domination. Because <laughs> Katara is so bitchy, like she's such an asshole. Love it. She's always like she would. Sokka was just laying there chilling and Katara would just walk around and like tap him in his head and they just started <laughs> fighting. Uh, like, or she just like swat everything off of my vanity and just like get attention. Yeah, she's like such a bitch, but you know, we, we all love a mean bitch sometimes. We do, we do. Yeah. We love a mean bitch. Well, okay, I want to ask about your costuming, like your your wardrobe. Where do you like to get your your costuming for, from? What are your key places? Like, where do you get your fits? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love this question because I'm like a big fan of fashion. And uh, actually, fashion is like my first gateway to anti-capitalism. Um, yes. Anti-capitalism politics because... The fashion industry, like industrialization, mm-hmm. uh, really worked up the the production speed of the fashion industry. So, like people started buying clothes more and more, born into like fast fashion, and then they born into like the neo colonialism of like they moving all the factories to like Vietnam or China. Or like the kind of work that has been done by majority women of color. So when I started learning about fashion and fast fashion and how like the fashion industry is fueled by by women of color doing all the hard labor, uh, it just makes me very conscious of what I'm wearing and what yeah. I'm buying more. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, most of my clothes, I will say like around 90% of my clothes are thrifted. Uh, Hell yeah! So like secondhand from like shops around here, like local shops around here, or Poshmark or like Depop. So like, and I choose. I tend to choose outfits that make an entrance. You know, like I like mm-hmm. I like outfits that makes you stand out a little, but also kind of mm-hmm. communicates before you even have to speak. So. Uh, yeah, I really pick the vibe of the outfit before I pick the outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yes, think that's why, I totally get it. That's why people like think I have more sense of. I don't know. That's a, like, that's a pretty good. I'll tend to go based on like vibes too. I'll be like, I kind of know what I want as far as like, do I want to be like va va boom? Do I want to be more like experimental but like covered up? Do I want to mm-hmm. like rock a wig? You know, I I'm definitely like one of those people. I have to like really think about what I want to wear. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I definitely grew up with fashion. Yeah. Being very aware of fast fashion, but I'm also like, I struggle with that dynamic because like, I, I hate fast fashion, but I also like, don't really like shopping. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I like being able to find exactly what I want. And like fast fashion is great for that when you're like, I need a black pair of jeans. And it's just like, mm-hmm. you just, you know, H&M makes the jeans that you like, and they're like right there. And I always yes. struggled with that, like practicality. And then that being an anti-capitalist and being like, you should be like paying more attention to this or like, you should be changing your consumer habits. But it's also just sucks to have to make the, that decision, right? Like when you're yes. choosing, like, it's like, I, I would love all my fashion to be sustainable, like fair trade, but it's like uh, to have it's a worker hard. like yeah. that is expensive. It's so yes. expensive. It really is like, it makes it impossible for like average working class people to possibly consume at that level, you know? So that's the dy- dynamic I always come mm-hmm. from. Yes, yes, yes. I feel it too. So, you know, like you, you take a little small step at a time, you know, uh, and it's not like every single aspect of, of my consumption habit is perfect. It's just things that I gravitate toward and things I can find within my, my, my own disciplines, you know, like I'm, I'm sure eating beef is so bad for the environment. I can't help it. They're tasty. <laughs> Girl, I know I eat so much beef jerky I feel really guilty about it it's like the the one thing that I'm like damn I should not be enjoying this but it's so good <laughs> and yeah it's like I believe in like animal justice too and I'm just like damn I'm such a fucking hypocrite right now but you, beef jerky you know. dude like it's so good but it's also like <laughs> fuck man people just gotta survive and you gotta you gotta have like small areas of joy sometimes like plus it's like getting out of the mindset of the individual as the catalyst versus the collective right like or the systemic Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. like just because rara eats beef jerky one time or like leanne you eat beef is not going to like or if you stop rather like Uh that's not gonna like dismantle the mm-hmm. agro business right yeah. like it, it, mm-hmm. i mean they like to... kill animals every year they throw away food every year they get mm-hmm. they don't care about wasting it you know it's mm-hmm. like consuming less is like i don't know yeah. it's, just not, it's just not enough anymore on an individual level right. like the whole, the whole right. thing has to change like yeah no i definitely i get it <laughs> yeah i think because like those individualist choice those are individualist choice you know and you do it more for you for your own sake of mind you feel good about your choices i want to feel good about my choices uh so that's why i'm making certain choices uh but i don't want to feel guilty about when i make like not so great choices either because you know we all we all victims of of the system yeah that's why we critiquing it because we have no other way of survive Mm -hmm. yep exactly so we've been, you know, we've been talking about your experience and your 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 time as a a sex worker, um, especially online. But I wanted to ask, you know, in particular, being a, a Vietnamese American, Asian American sex worker, I wanted to ask a little bit about how you're experiencing Asian hate and and racism in your work, and in particular, how the events that. Uh, transpired in Atlanta, where mm-hmm. this like white supremacist shot up several uh, locations, including um, some some spas that employed Asian women, and and sort of like the the fallout from that. So I just wanted to um, ask you about like your thoughts on that, if you felt comfortable sharing. Mm-hmm. As a sex worker of color online, your race is very visible. Like it's often that the category of Asian or like they would find it under like Asian Dom. So your race would be the entry point of a lot of your customer. So like the point of fixation and fetishization for them. Uh, but they but they also don't value for for you for that either. Like I would very often have a white submissive who like contacted me like, oh, I love Asian women and things like that. And like, oh, I have a thing for Asian women. I want to serve Asian Dom. Uh, and when I would demand like compensation for that, yeah. um, and they would be like very put off by me asking more for more money just because like I'm Asian, just because of the thing that they're seeking me for. 
it also ties into this this like fetishization and stereotype of the Asian women mm-hmm. who is like very exotic and very mysterious, but also sexually submissive. Uh, and then there's like the stereotype of Asian dom who's like, oh, the tiger mom or the, the dragon lady who is like very strict and like, like you know, overbearing, overbearing mother type. Yeah, like very sterile, very strict, you know, and like it's hard and it's very weird um, trying to navigate through that yeah i'm proud of being asian i'm proud of being vietnamese but i don't want that to be the thing that people only see me for and and i don't want to play into the stereotype that i'm a strict mistress who like i'm flexible i'm capable of being soft and still yield that still like there's still power in my vulnerabilities yes Mm -hmm. yeah uh, and and there's things like that, but once they see you as like this racial object of like the Asian dom, like it's hard for people to see through that. And I think about that was the case for the Atlanta shooting of like the the idea that Asian women are so very often just sexualized, like it doesn't. It didn't even matter that those those massage worker were sex workers or not. Like they were perceived as such, and like the the shooter has this very specific image, like this very highly sexualized uh, idea of what Asian woman is, and he wants to like eliminate the the temptation or whatever. And like personally, like as as an Asian woman, I don't like the slogan "Stop Asian Hate" because, yeah. like, it, it points to like, like the word "hate." It's it it kind of implies just interpersonal feelings of mm-hmm. of people to people, but it has been such a structural issues uh, of of the American imperialism overseas, like yes. the like specifically a massage worker who who were Koreans, right? Like when the United States were in Vietnam and in Korea during the war, like they set up a lot of rest and relaxation station for the for the soldiers there, yeah. um, that employed a lot of like poor working class Asian women to work as like massage sex worker or or nightclubs or things like that, and then a lot of those women married to the vets to the vets there and they they came back here and because of their status their appearance it's hard for them to assimilate it into other workforce so they again have to rely on uh service work to survive and because of the stereotype and of the fetishization of asian sex worker again they were forced into those kind of work not because they want to but because people expect them to so and they just kind of do it they just have to do it to survive going back to this like like the fetishization of like your race as as part i mean like it's so fucking fraught to do sex work um you know like like i mentioned i i did massage and you know in order to get on the good lists right because there are lists right um and and it's i i saw i i saw a, a tweet the other day speaking of lists i saw a tweet the other day i can't remember who it was from it might have been the ceo at ceo of sex i'm not sure but they were talking about these lists that clients that john's at hobbyists make to like rate rate yeah. them yeah, the rating websites it's real they're really gross they're yeah, horrible they are, yeah, yeah and they've so been around hard. for they've been around for decades right like it, before it was a website it was a it was a message board before it was a message board it was a it was a newsletter right like like the tweet was like these are just men proving to one another that they fuck like mm-hmm. it's so much more yep. about proving to them that they fuck than than any any sort of like that rating or value or even rating or value of like the worker and the work that they provide, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, in trying to get on these lists, one of the things that I kept running into was being 
Chicana at the time. I was, you know, I was a woman at the time and um, running into this over and over again of being like a spicy Latina or like something like that or like, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it ended up affecting my clientele. Like I ended up getting different kinds of clients, not because I wasn't cute or thin or hot or whatever, but it was because uh, like in part because of my race and also because I had glasses like <laughs> and I didn't want to wear contacts so it was just like that ended up being but they're treated the same right like this uh-huh. aesthetic thing and this and and this thing that I can't change like are the same um and so it's it, it's really it's really fucking fraught yeah and so thinking about racialized violence against sex workers and how the media was trying to be like whoa 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 it's about his sex addiction, not, you know, not, not race. It's just infuriating, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like you can't, you can't just separate all the little parts of a whole picture and see that, like, you know, like that's all there is, you know? Like if you only, like if you only touch the ears of an elephant, you think it's a fan. Yeah. Like, uh, so a lot of a lot of the times people think these issues just just having one one single cause and I don't think it's really the case like this is this is like at the intersection of a much larger problem and it's like they, they're all connected yeah absolutely and you know the, it's like it's so hypocritical to just see like stop Asian hate trending along with like China. It's always some anti-China. They're trying to they're trying to manufacture consent for a war with China, and it's so fucking obvious. It yes, and it's mm-hmm. like and it's trend and the, like, stuff about China is trending at the same time as stop Asian hate, and it's like, mm-hmm. is anyone else seeing the fucking irony of all this? Like how fucked up this is, and the only people that have any sense of what's going on are like anti-imperialists and it's like i feel like we get ignored so fucking much every time shit goes down it's stuff we predicted because because we know what america actually is i come from a heavily colonized u.s territory that is just being like straight up destroyed by the u.s military like so many people live in poverty so many people are like addicted to drugs like it is a is dire and the fucking military gets pumped full of billions of dollars to operate Mm -hmm. there and very little of it very little of it goes to helping the locals to helping the indigenous people Mm -hmm. and it's like the most frustrating thing when you move to the states and people are like, oh, you're from Guam? Like, don't we own that? Ugh. Like, I've gotten that, I've gotten that multiple times. The U.S. owns Guam, right? And it, like, yeah. it's like a fucking dagger to my soul, you know? Yeah. Fuck that. That's so yeah. fucked up. I do think white culture is about consuming, you know? It's about, like, taking over something like how they want to take over land or if it's women, they want to take over women's body and take over women's livelihood uh, and ability to, to live. Yeah, and like it is, it is so fucked up. And it's not just the men, it's also like just white sex workers who also, like they subconsciously feel, I think they subconsciously feel sexually threatened by women of color, by like black women and Latina and Asian women. And it's like, they trying to imitate us by doing like black fishing and mm-hmm. a hangout and like- oh. all- Black and, like, fishing is pretty horrifying. And so is a hangout, like the, mm-hmm. the, like the pretend Asian, like white girls, it, that is like a really horrible insidious trend. Yeah. That is like more and more popular too, like- yeah. It feels very fucking weird to see your cultures get reduced into aesthetics, you know? Yeah. And and then it feels even more fucked up when those people can just take it off at the end of the day. Oh, when they when they're not on cam anymore and they just like walk away from it. While I still might be prone to violence even when I'm not presenting as a sex worker in my personal life like I can't take my Asian face off you know yeah 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like all those white women who are the one who are like making way more money than Asian sex workers do. Uh, yeah, it is, that, is really, that is really the gross part of it. It, it absolutely yeah. is. It's like really tough to watch. But you know, like, yeah, what do you do? You just gotta like persevere. You gotta like fuck. It. It's like, it's one of those things. It's like, we have to have so much like grace in all this for our own sake because holding all this anger all the time is just a really difficult way to live. But yes. it sucks. To, it sucks to have to always be the fucking adult. Like, I wanna be a fucking stupid, carefree, like, 19 year old that loves anime. Like, goddamn. Like, that sounds so simple and great. Like, but. Mm-hmm. You have to be like cognizant like yeah well, you don't you shit. don't have what is it you don't have like hundreds of years of imperialism and fucking you know blight to back you up like you know yeah. like and that, that that's the shit like that's the real talk is like whiteness allows like leanne is right whiteness is a culture of consumption but it's also a, it's also a void it's it's mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's a void like whiteness is a is an identity that is created as a cudgel to to suppress the the vibrancy that is people of color in particular black folks right and 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 so whiteness in and of itself is just like an antithesis and so i think you know i i think it was um gosh i'm, I'm trying to remember who it was it might have been bell hooks wrote this essay i'm gonna figure out who who it was i feel like it was bell hooks but i might be wrong about uh blackness in post-modernity and the essay kind of talks about how like because bell hooks is older she talks about bo derrick wearing cornrows in the like mm-hmm. 70s or whatever and how everyone was like so hot and you know she's blonde or whatever she's a blonde mm-hmm. white lady actress you know that was like this long start of like fetishizing or not the start but like just like part and parcel of fetishizing black women's style and and making it acceptable by whitewashing it right and so mm-hmm. what what bell hook said was like in doing this work of whitewashing what these people are doing is trying to like fill that negative like that that lack of identity that lack of of mm-hmm. substance there's nothing there and it's like of course yes. of course of course you know because you you've you've chosen this like identity of dominance you've chosen to like be like whiteness has has become the dominant figure and 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 has chosen that over having anything else and so it just continues to like subsume to 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 feel something but it it's really nothing anyway (laughs) going back though to like race and the intersection of race and sexuality do you find at all in your in your work anything that feels and we kind of touched touched on this a little bit when we were talking about emotional labor, but do you find anything that feels like empowering or that feels um, transgressive in a good way or like radical or that sort of flips these narratives? That's an interesting question. I think there are some little moments here and there. Uh, although like, admittedly, I haven't done this long enough to really experience something very transformational because you know like those things take time yeah uh but like i i got message like occasionally from just like republicans or or men who are like oh i'm a staunch capitalist but you really scared me i'm like "Mm, yes of course those are the best and there's a there are quite a few sub who's just very interested in just my my personal politics like uh i had a sub who would like pay me to discuss like because i couldn't vote i couldn't vote during the last election so like he paid me to discuss like oh who we should vote and like what's what is like the voting tactics of swing states those are really you know like there's some here and there moments that you know make it make it more feels more real like it makes you feel more like your power mm-hmm. someone at the club once like I, they really wanted to know who i was going to vote for in the uh 2016 election or was it 2016 no in the 2020 election and um and i was like i do not talk politics in the club like i just don't do it it's a hard fast rule for me and they're like I will literally pay you to tell me who you're voting for. And I was like, I don't know how much you think in. And he's like $50. And I was like, $100. And he, so he gave me $100. And then I told him I was voting for Bernie. And he was like, then he wanted to like fucking start talking. Like, I was like, <laughs> so yeah, I relate. So like wielding my confidence politically 
uh, for financial gain. Cause I piss Hell off a lot yeah. of capitalists I talk to. Like some of them yeah. just give me money to shut me up. Like <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Yes. They're like, all right, all right, all right. You're right. You're right. Here's a hundred dollars. Like, let's talk about something else. <laughs> yes. Yes. Get that fucking money. Like monetize your silence. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I am yeah, I'm just so like no, no engagement. That. Like just like if they say something stupid, just be like, oh yeah, sure. Like it's it's weird in the club though. It's different in the club than it is online. I mm-hmm. I, I I definitely feel like um like asserting my dominance over a club is very weird because it's like it really is all about like you know, how I'm approaching that day at work. Um, so it's like how I go out into the floor dictates the whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, but some days I'll look like shit. Like some, one day I wore no makeup and I got like a VIP immediately. And I was like, <laughs> I just like, didn't, I was like doing an experiment. I was like, how much money am, gonna, am I going to make today? And I got like a VIP. I was like, sweet. So sometimes I just bored and I just do shit like that. And for, and it translates, like, yeah. I just try to, I just try to keep it fun. I don't know. Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to, you have yeah. to, right? Cause yeah. every, every job fucking sucks. It every gets boring. Exactly. All the guys are the same. All the dudes are the no, no dude is ever telling you something that you haven't heard before. Like, a I know, right? Times. Yeah. Like all these like submissives is just like, goddess, I will do anything for you. Goddess. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. <laughs> it's like, I'll believe it when I see my cash app pop off. <laughs> Um, this has been fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before we go, I do want to ask about your makeup, Leanne, because your makeup yeah. is so fucking fire. And like, Thank you. And, and your looks yeah. are so, so like, they, they run the gamut. Like you, like you said, like, I don't want to do natural, but like, you'll do like classic, you know, a classic glam look. And then you'll do like something really interesting with your eye or, um, you know, you'll pick a really bold lip or I don't know. Talk to us about your makeup routine. Like what inspires it? What are products that you like? Cause I'm always, I'm, I'm kind of a makeup baby. Like, I don't know that much about makeup and I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn. So. Okay. So the funny story is that before I decided to do like online content, for sex work, I was going to do online content, but for like makeup. So I was like really into like YouTube makeup. Uh, <laughs> oh like, my god! The, the YouTube makeup community is toxic as fuck. <laughs> oh, there's so and much drama videos. I started. So I just started getting into drama. it too. It yeah, I started so getting into drama. it too, and like every other video suggestion is someone apologizing or some like someone yes, starting it's shit. It's like. Oh. <laughs> I just want to know how to do a wing mascara, like a wing eyeliner. Like, yeah, I know, like, it's such a mess. It's such a mess. <laughs> so I I was like, I was like, you know what? I, I can't do it. I, I, I don't want to be around these vain people. I want to be somebody's like cool and hot, uh, you know, so, you know, like sex work. <laughs> yeah. So and my makeup, I like to think like my makeup as like my face is a canvas and my makeup is like a painting you know like you want to accentuate your 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 natural beauty like the what you you want to accentuate what you've got things like I used to be very uh like self-conscious about my eyes like you know like people always make fun of Asian eyes Mm. and and how like you have like smiles whatnot you know whatever so you know like I like to make like just my eyes pop more Mm-hmm. and things like that and you like, have beautiful eyes fuck the haters yeah it is it's so funny because a lot of the things that I used to be teased for like are all the things that I'm making money off now Yeah, it's so strange because like this like sex work is so fucking strange. It's really challenged my idea of like what the fuck is work, mm-hmm. you know? Because like sometimes you don't do jack shit and you get tons of money, 
and like sometimes you put all your hearts and sweat and bloods into something and like it barely makes it so yeah it's like it's very strange so i like doing my makeup as like my my hype up routine like mm. when i do my makeup like i just really take my time to like talk myself up in the mirror and like just saying positive affirmation why I'm doing my makeup like just kind of drawing on my face you know yeah um and and a lot of the time like I just kind of like winging it and sometimes most of the time you know like I make mistakes and then I don't want to 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 erase it so I just kind of draw more onto it to make oh, it look, I love it so to make it look like intentional mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so uh yeah it's like it's like bob ross but on your face Yeah, I, I've been thinking about it, too, because I'm, like, getting so burned out making, like, sexy videos. Like, maybe I'm just going to do, like, a, a stream with, with me and, like, just casual robes and bare face doing makeup and talk shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. And that'd be fun. Streaming is fun, I got to say. Sometimes I go on stream wearing, like, nothing, you know, it's like it's nice, it's a nice practice in, like, just kind of loving yourself in the moment because, like, you just get comfortable being kind of, like, just mm-hmm. looking, looking mm-hmm. like whatever sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. We, I just did a makeup stream on Monday, and it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Leanne, thank you so much for talking with us. This has been so thank much you. fun. Yes. I'm really glad we got around to doing this. Mm, I had a lot of fun, too. Where can we find you if we're interested in like seeing your content or maybe you are a submissive out there who is like, oh my God, she sounds amazing. I must submit to her. Where can they find you? (laughs) Yes, uh, my Twitter is Mistress Leanne. I have a star IVN. You can access through leagueofleanne.com. And yep, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Leanne. It's been a Mm -hmm. pleasure. All right. There's all mine. And that's been another episode of Hot Girl Agenda. See you next week. Bye, Bye everyone. Yay. I'm a hot girl. I do hot shit. Because I'm a hot girl. I do hot shit.